Hello and welcome to Bear Hunting Podcast episode number two. I'm Matt Schumann, your host, as always. Um, today we're going to do a hunting story. Uh, this one is about my 2015 do-it-yourself black bear hunt in northern Ontario. Um, it's sort of, I feel like this particular hunting story sort of embodies what I feel like is great about bear hunting. Um and so, um, what's sort of unique, I guess, about this story that probably has got a few of you thinking already is that, um, you know, I'm American, as I said before, I'm from Michigan. And so how in the world did I go and do a do-it-yourself bear hunt in Canada? Because as most of you know, you're supposed to have a guide in Canada, which is true. Um, and so we'll get into that later. Anyway, first off, um, why initially I I always wanted to hunt Canada, right? Um, for a lot of reasons. For me, the pinnacle of bear hunting is going up to the far northern boreal forest, um, places where moose and woodland caribou, wolves and bears are king, and where there's few people. Um, the when you think of like the terrain I'm thinking of is the Canadian shield sort of huge rock faces, you know, that drop down into beautiful lakes, um, just sort of an untamed wilderness. There's this term going around in the hunting community right now, especially on social media. It's called trophy country. And I feel like one of the not talked about places is the Canadian shield. Um, it's just, it feels like it's untouched. It's not, but it feels like it's untouched. So, um, I feel like that's like the ultimate trophy country. So anyway, um, but, uh, so I had, you know, I, I hunt a lot in Michigan and it's cool and all, but there's people and it's, um, yeah, I just want to go, there's been many times where I've sat in the blind and, or tree stand and just thought, Man, if it was just me and the bears, you know, I just want to go to a place where I can't see another person and I just want to hunt bears. And so, um, it kind of sets me up for the beginning of this story. Um, and, uh, so I guess it begins, uh, summer of 2014. I was, I frequent a online forum and, um, I was looking at this story by this guy um, who did a do-it-yourself hunt in Ontario. He wasn't successful, but it, I was like, wait a second, because he's from Michigan as well. And, I was, and so I messaged him, and I was like, hey, you know, how, how did you do that? And, and, you know, of course, the question came up on the thread, like, how, how can you do that? You're, you're not from there. And, you know, he was like, well, it's real easy. You know, once you understand how the paperwork works, it's real easy. And so I, I did a little research into it, and I'm like, oh, you're right. Essentially, the way it works, um, we'll break this down. So, in Canada, it varies. Pro- everywhere you have to go through an outfitter, but there's this term called the guide rule, and um, some provinces have it, some don't. Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta have what's called the guide rule, which means you have to go through an outfitter to hunt big game, and not only that, but the guide actually has to guide you to varying levels, right? But places like Quebec and Ontario, 
particularly Ontario, do not. You just have to book through an outfitter to hunt big game. And so um, you do not necessarily have to be guided. And so um, back before they brought back the spring bear hunt, there was a lot of outfitters that had unlimited tags and just wanted to book hunters, but they couldn't really fill their slots. And so they just... Um, they started basically giving away what's called a self-guided hunt, which was, you know, they, you book the cabin or, or give them some sort of fee, you know, to make it worth their while, but then they don't provide any guiding services for you. You just go and do it. And so, and the only thing they have to do is you buy your hunting license and um, they fill out, there's, there's two forms for a non-resident to hunt in Ontario. We'll, we'll, we'll do Ontario specifically since that's what I'm familiar with. I'm, I'm not sure how Quebec works, but, um, the, uh, you, you buy your actual bear tag and then the outfitter has to, um, fill out a form. It's, it's your validate, your bear tag validation. It's a white form that <clears throat> it's basically a contract that you both sign up sign and that validates your bear tag. And so, um, that's how it kind of works. So basically what I did is I went through an outfitter and we'll, yeah. And so, um, I went through this outfitter and the, I booked a cabin for a week and he let me use his guide, his, you know, exclusive bear management area. And all he did was sign my bear validation tag and I was good to go. And I did everything myself. So but um that that's the way it worked now nowadays it's kind of hard in ontario specifically because they brought back the spring bear hunt and the ministry of natural resources caught a lot of tags from outfitters they don't have unlimited tags anymore they basically said whatever you've been doing that's what you're going to do and so they didn't have the excess tags they don't have the excess tags anymore so um now they just kind of pretty much try to make it work. They try to just do the full guided thing now. So it's kind of hard to do, um, a self-guided thing for the most part. I, I think there's exceptions and I'm, I'm hoping to take advantage of one of those exceptions here this next spring, but we'll see what happens. So anyway, um, so that brings me to, you know, I was doing a bunch of research trying to figure out how to do it. I figured out how to do it. It really easy. Um, it's not rocket science at all. You just got to find an outfitter willing to do it. So, um, I decided in the, cause I, I messaged that one guy and he was hunting an area I didn't really want to go to. It was real close to, you know, it was on the east side of Ontario and I don't know. I wanted to go somewhere remote. Like I said, the, what I was looking for was to go up into like the Canadian shield and just hunt bears that may have not ever seen people before. And so, um, so I did some research and I found actually an outfitter that advertises self-guided hunts. Um, that, well, they call it self-guided, do it yourself, self-guided, same thing. Um, and they're up on the northeast side of Lake Nipigon, which is like, I mean, Arctic watershed kind of north. I mean, it's middle of nowhere, right? I mean, basically they're on the northern edge of the highway, <laughs> you know, the, the highest highway up in Ontario. So, I mean, you couldn't really go too much further except for, you know, if you flew in or whatever, but, um, that once you start flying places that brings up the price tag and. I like to 
<clears throat> do it for somewhat inexpensive. So, but, um, anyway, um, you know, um, so yeah, but, um, the other thing was, you know, it had to be reasonable for me to get there too. I mean, I live in the upper peninsula of Michigan. I didn't want to drive, you know, 24 hours to get to go to a bait site or something. So, cause I figured, you know, what my kind of game plan was, was to go up there, bait, you know, a week or something before the hunt and then return and then hunt off that bait. So, um, and so it had to be somewhat close, but anyway, so, um, so that kind of, so it was back that winter of 2014, 2015, I found an outfitter that was willing to do it. Um, and I booked the hunt and did some, did a bunch of scouting, figured out the plan, um, and sort of figured out what my general, I don't know, plan was. So, um, anyway, fast forward to, uh, summer of 2015. So my hunt's August 15th of 2015. Um, my plan was to go up there two weeks ahead of time, set up a bait, which is, I know this sounds crazy because it's like a 10 hour drive up there one way. And so my plan was to run up there, set up a bait site, scout, set up a bait site. Um, and, um, and then come back two weeks later and hunt. So, um, I did a bunch of aerial scouting via Google earth and all that stuff. Um, found, cause what I did is I had the outfitters send me, um, cause outfitters up there, they have like a specified bear management area that they can operate in. And so I was given sort of a outline of where I could hunt. And so within that boundary, I figured out, okay, how am I going to get in here? You know, the, the area I had to access it with, uh, with my quad, I mean, I guess I could have walked in, but it would have been a long, long hike. And if you're trying to bait a lot of bears long-term like that, it's just, you need a quad. And, um, and so, uh, figured out kind of what the rough game plan was. And so I came out, uh, two weeks, my plan was to go two weeks ahead of time, bait, scout bait, and then come back and hunt for opener. And so, um, um, that brings me to about June before the hunt. Um, I headed down to Big Woods, Big Bear Sense and Bait. Um, I field staff for them. And so, um, I went and bought a bunch of quality bait, some cookies, trail mix. You guys will find out I am a trail mix fanatic. Um, and so, Bought a bunch of that and tracked it and since, um, you know, blueberry, you always hear about the blueberries up in Ontario. That's the, the main August food source for bears. And so I bought a bunch of blueberry tracked and spray, uh, big bear, ultra red, all blueberry spray. Um, it's kind of to mimic sort of what they're eating anyway. Um, and so bought a bunch of bait, um, and then, uh, then basically waited until so my hunt was August fifteenth, um, right around the first of August. <clears throat> Don't tell my work, but I called in sick that Friday, and I loaded my truck up to the gills. I mean, I I took a picture of it. It was ridiculous. I had my four wheeler in the back. Uh, I just got a normal size half ton pickup truck, and 
Um, I loaded my four wheel in the back. I stuffed bait along the sides of it. I stuffed the whole back seat of my truck full of bait. I had bait in the front seat because my goal is to feed a bunch of bears for two weeks before I got there. And so, um, anyway, so loaded up. Um, we'll have to put up on one of my social media pages. We'll have to put up pictures to accompany this. So, um, but uh, anyway. Drove up there like 10, 11 hours, something like that. It was a long drive. Um, you know, drove up along the north shore of Minnesota through Canadian Customs, which is interesting, you know, saying that you're going up to bait. Yeah, they didn't give me any problem at all going through Customs, but, man, they looked at me funny. Like, you're, you're coming up here just to bait? You're crazy. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they don't have any problem with um, um, you bringing bait through the Canadian border or whatever, but make sure it's edible. That's the big thing. They'll ask you if you, uh, um, if you would eat it. Cause they don't want you bringing garbage across the, the border. And so, um, <laughs> you tell them that, uh, you're bringing, uh, um, <laughs> that you would eat it or something and they're cool with it. So, but, um, anyway, I, uh, drove up there, um, got to the, um, area and kind of drove around, got a general idea where I need to go. Um, and then it was, you know, there's long days up there. So I drove up, um, I dropped the quad and drove up into there. And uh, it was like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I crossed this bridge, this rickety, rickety bridge. It's like, what in the world is this thing? And where I was hunting at, I, I should talk about that. Um, it was an old, there was a huge wildfire that took over this whole um, this area, and, uh, that's kind of the key to hunting up there is, you know, because there's boreal forest everywhere, and there's not a whole lot of food, and you, food's kind of concentrated, that's, that's one of the tactics with baiting, and so you gotta key in on where the bears are gonna be anyway, and so this, where this wildfire was, it's all growing up with berries now, and, um, so, um, that's where the bears were, so I drove up, um, you know, through this, just this huge area, there was nobody back there, it was crazy, and, uh, <clears throat> across this bridge, we'll call it, uh, Bearland, I think I called it, yeah, I did, Bearland, <laughs> I crossed the bridge to Bearland, and as soon as I crossed the bridge, it was, like, bear sign everywhere, there was bear scat everywhere, it was crazy, and so, um, the issue when I was there, it wasn't like, you know, I was driving around. It was like, well, I don't, there's bears everywhere. It's not like I need to figure out where the bears are. It's like, but where do I set up a tree stand or anything? Because it, it was so overgrown that, um, I couldn't even like, there was nowhere to set up. And so that was kind of my problem. Cause I mean, this wildfire had happened like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. So it wasn't, you know, there was no giant tree, there was no big trees or anything, it was all just sort of, just over your head brush, and young aspen, and, uh, you know, jack pine, and, and spruce, you know, typical boreal forest stuff, and so it was like, okay, <laughs> so, what I kind of decided was that, well, I'm gonna have to hunt off the ground, there, there's no other way about it, I, I'm not gonna get a tree stand in here, so, um, whether I, I bring a ground blind or just sit on the ground or whatever that I'm not really going to have a choice. So <clears throat> I drove back sort of, I, I set up 
you know, so anyway, I scouted and, um, it was getting dark. So I was like, all right, let's get out of here. So I drove out of there and, uh, I slept in my truck that night because after seeing all the bear sign, I was a little, uh, unnerved at, uh, sleeping there. Um, so I mean, I'm sure it would have been fine, but didn't want to chance it. So I was tired. So I slept in my truck that night. Um, next morning I woke up and, uh, drove back out there and I set up along this blueberry patch and, uh, and it was sort of a funnel between two little lakes. <clears throat> and so, um, and so I just, I took like three four wheeler trips just full of bait. I mean, I had it that four wheeler just loaded with bait and, uh, I dumped as much bait out there as I could, um, covered it with logs and I brought some plywood to cover it up with too. And I just hosed the area with a uh, blueberry spray and, um, just left it for as good. I dug a hole, you know, put the bait in or whatever, but, um, I just <laughs> hoped it would be enough to last the two weeks. And so, you know, under normal, normal circumstances, it should have been. So, uh, loaded up, drove home that day. Um, so the most ridiculous baiting run I've ever done. So, uh, I mean, 20 hours of driving to go bait bears. Um, and you know, I was, I was leaving and sort of at the trailhead, there was a old guy that pulls up on this four wheeler and he's got a few buckets of oats and he was just an old guy that was baiting for his son who lives in Southern Ontario. So we got to talk and he wasn't hunting anywhere near me, but, um, he was, we got to talking and he's like, man, you must really love bears to come up here and bait. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So anyway, uh, came back and, uh, you know, set up my trail camera of course and, uh, um, waited two weeks. And so, um, two weeks later drove back up and, uh, um, uh, came let's see i got to the got to the cabins um set up um and immediately went out to check my bait site i was i got there and like we gotta i gotta get out there i gotta get out there so because that was i got up there august 14th the day before opener i want to make sure that you know there's plenty of um time to get everything rebated and everything and uh got out there and um it looked like a bomb had gone off there was um every last little bit of bait was gone they dug up the hole i mean like twice the size it was the plywood that i covered the lawn, the bait with was literally chewed on like there was a bite mark out of it i, I don't know what they were thinking but those and it's crazy too because there's blue it was kind of worried because there's blueberries already ripe when i baited and so I was like, oh no, I hope, you know, they get off the natural food and come hit my bait. And that didn't bother them. They apparently wanted plywood over <laughs> blueberry. I don't know what was going on. So I'll have to post that picture too. That was insane. I was like, what in the world? But um, anyway, so baited and uh, um, came back. And, and my plan, you know, in between there, I decided that I'm just going to sit on the ground for the hunt. Um you know, just sort of with the wind in my face, just sit there, you know, I have full camo and everything, and, uh, I got a Under Armour scent control clothing and all that junk, too, so, um, but, uh, so, I, um, anyway, I rebated, came back, checked out the trail camera, had, I unfortunately <laughs> discovered that 
Um, took the bears like three days to find the bait, which is all right. And, um, but it took them four days to clean out the bait. I mean, there's probably three barrels worth of bait out there. They took them four days. I couldn't believe it. I, and, and so then they kept coming back to, unfortunately for me, there was a lot of blueberries in this patch. And so they were, um, they were coming through anyway. I actually had pictures of like, you know, continued on days later that bears were just coming through feeding anyway. So I had that going for me, but, um, yeah, four days for 150 gallons. So, you know, bears can eat a lot. So you hear all this stuff about, you know, guys putting out a couple gallons every few days. You're not, you're not being bears. You're doing that. You're just, but anyway, um, so, uh, anyway, um, baited and uh next day was the hunt so i got up early and uh um you know and, and when i was up there it was kind of like i didn't really have much time to fish or anything like that either because where my bait site was it was like a 40 minute drive from camp and then once i dropped the quad it was another you know I mean, it was like a three-mile quad ride to my bait site. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was anywhere near people. So, um, it took a long time to um, get to the bait site. So, really, I got up in the morning. So, I usually got up, um, would mix my bait buckets, and um, um, I would head out there. And, uh, you know, by the time I, you know, I'd leave... You know, I wanted to sit for a long time, too, so um, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do much else, so, but, um, anyway, I, uh, first day of the hunt, got out there, and uh, the bait hadn't been hit yet, which, you know, was sort of my mistake. If I were to do that again, I would definitely have just gone a week ahead of time, not two weeks, um, just because <laughs> you can't, I, I don't even know how much bait you'd have to put out to feed bears for two weeks like that. Um, it was sort of a learning experience for me. Like, okay, if you're going to treat it, I just don't even think you could, it doesn't matter how much bait you put out. I think they would eat it all. So, um, definitely, uh, would only go a week ahead of time. But anyway, first day out, bears hadn't hit. And, um, but, um, I, I had a nice sit. I didn't see any bears the first night, but it was, it was probably one of, if not my, best night of hunting ever um it was i'm gonna struggle to find the words for this but um even though i didn't see any bears um you know i was kind of in a funnel between two lakes and i could hear the loons going all night i heard wolves howling um i heard no people if everybody on earth died i'd have no idea um, it was incredible. It was that it was everything I wanted it to be. Um, I mean, I was in the middle of the Canadian Shield, and there, there was it was like a, there was nobody else in the world. It was incredible. Um, I didn't hear any sort of human presence other than myself. It was awesome. You know, I'm used to hunting Michigan and. It's like, no matter how far back in the woods, you hear four-wheelers or grouse hunters or, you know, which, I mean, there's not, obviously, it's everybody's woods or whatever, but sometimes you just kind of want to be like, I want to be, 
by myself, you know, I just want to enjoy nature, and so that's exactly what I got, it was incredible, um, and that's, you know, that first night, I got exactly what I wanted, you know, the whole reason I went up to Canada was for that, and so, um, it was, it was just great, and, um, I didn't see any bears, and it was just, it was, I mean, it was just, you go, and even just leaving was an adventure, I mean, it's like, it's dark, you know, it's really dark, you gotta walk out, you're, I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you walk out to your quad, (laughs) you drive out, and I mean, there's moose, there's woodland caribou, there's wolves, there's bears, there's lots of bears, there's, um, just all kinds of stuff, and it's like, you know, sort of makes the hair, hair in the back of your neck stand up a little bit, being by yourself out there, and so anyway, drove out, you know, you have to leave and drive about three miles on your quad after dark, um, get in your truck, get your quad loaded up and drive back to camp, you know, you're getting back at like 11 o'clock at night, so, um, anyway, but, uh, and as I was leaving, um, it was, you know, of course, the northern lights are just blaring, which we see the northern lights around here, but they're not, not like that, you know, it's like, whoa, so, I mean, it was just the perfect night for hunting, um, just awesome, so, I mean, that, that made the trip right there, night one, so, um, so, second day, went back, um, bait had not yet been hit either, and so, um, sat there, and, and part of it too, and the, and part of the reason why the bait hadn't get, hadn't gotten hit yet, the bait was out, there was tons of natural food, and the bait had been out, um, for a while, and, um, it was really hot, like 90 degrees, which, you know, bears only move at night, during when it, uh, that's not true, they, they do move during the day, but they don't move as much, because, and they don't move far from water, because they gotta keep themselves, you know, cooled off, or whatever, so, but, um, so that kind of slowed down progress, but anyway, uh, night two, sitting out there, and nights, you know, I was getting out there two o'clock, and staying until, like, nine, ten o'clock, so, I mean, it was long sits, but, um, anyway, night two, I'm sitting out there, and, um, um, wind was in my face, and all of a sudden, um, I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, I hear a bear pop, popping his jaws at me, I'm like, oh, man, crap, (laughs) and, and he's, like, right behind me, I mean, he's probably not even ten yards, but it's so thick, there's no way I can see, and so, I mean, this is, you know, probably six o'clock at night. I'm like, oh no, oh no. And so I turn and as soon as I turned, all of a sudden I hear, you know, a bear galloping, you know, I, that's the way to describe it. I don't, you know, when a bear spooks, you can hear it's like, thud, 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 thud. and so, um, sure enough, I was like, oh no, according, cause I had the wind in my face, but it was also, you know, the bear's primary, just the way that bear was coming that time, and so uh, since I was hunting on the ground, it's like, oh no, so, you know, there's not really much you can do, so anyway, it's like, crap, so I got up, and, um, you know, I kind of went in the direction the bear ran, just sort of crept that way, and sure enough, there was fresh, because there's sand in front of where, um, I was walking in, sure enough, there's fresh bear tracks running, I mean, I can't believe I didn't see the thing, it was crazy, it sounded like a, it was a big bear too, the, the pad was like six, six inches wide, so I was like, oh man, but anyway, so that was, that was awesome, um, 
even, even just that. So it was kind of my blunder, but it was cool. So um, that was night two. Night three was very uneventful. Um, beautiful night, no people, as awesome as could be, no bears. And the bears hadn't hit yet either. Um, and so I'm going to rewind a little bit too. So my wife had told me, this is, I don't, I don't get this. Um, my wife had a dream that I would shoot a bear on Tuesday. I think the hunt started Saturday. Yeah, the hunt started Saturday. And my wife had a dream that I would shoot a bear Tuesday. I don't know what she's doing dreaming about me shooting bears, but anyway, she's, she told me the whole time, well, it's, it's Tuesday. You're going to shoot a bear Tuesday. You won't, you won't shoot a bear till Tuesday. And I'm like, that's crazy. I don't know what you're not, you, you don't know what you're talking about. She's like, nope, it's not Tuesday. It's not Tuesday the whole time. It's not Tuesday. It's not Tuesday. So, and well, Tuesday rolls around. She's like, yep. All right. We'll see you with a bear. I'm like you're crazy. I hope so, but you're crazy. So anyway, um, I got there and, um, let's see. So I got there Tuesday this is Tuesday. And the big thing that accompanied Tuesday was a huge shift in the weather. It went from 90 to like 60. It got chillier. It was nice. Um, overcast, the wind direction changed, which gave me a much, much better, um, you know, position on the, on the bait. I was able to sit in a direction where the bears probably weren't going to come. I mean, they really weren't coming from that direction at all. And, um, it, it was a much better situation Tuesday. And so, um, got there and sure enough, the bait had finally got hit. I was like, yes. So pulled the camera. Um, cause you know, my typical strategy when I hunt is I, I pull up, I, in the four wheeler, I bait and I'm wearing a different set of clothes and then I pull away and I change into my hunting clothes to say, stay scent free you know, not reek a bait either. And then, you know, creep back and hunt. Well, I pulled up in my bait clothes and I checked the trail camera and, and sure enough, I mean, I had bumped a bear off the bait. I'm like, no way. And so I just, I dropped these bait buckets and, um, I walked away. I'm like, okay, I just, I got to get out of here and I'll change my hunting clothes, come back. And so, um, um, left the bait buckets there um, drove away to my spot, changed really quick, um, came back and sat down. And so very optimistic. Um, and they were nice. It was a nice bear too. Um, actually there was two different bears that were coming in, but it looked, they, they were both nice. So anyway, um, sat down, um, was, uh, um, sitting there and nice night, nice cooler night too. Um, and the wind was blowing, so I didn't even need to, need to use my thermocell, which is, you know, by the way, if you don't hunt Canada without a thermocell, you're crazy. Um, you definitely need to, the thermocell's key, but, um, anyway, so I was sitting there, um, it was about six o'clock, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, um, corner of my eye, I see a flash of black. I'm like, oh, sweet, and I'm hearing crack. You know, I'm actually hearing the bear break sticks, which is, you know, is a good sign if you're hunting for a bigger bear because bears usually just appear on the bait unless they're a big bear. Then they come in snapping twigs and stuff because they want to be known, I'm here, I'm a big bear. And so um, 
And so sure enough, I see this bear come in and I'm, I'm sitting on the ground. I'm only 20 yards from the bait. Um, I'm hunting with my, um, my 30 at six, which for, for the adventure of this hunt, I definitely didn't feel like I needed a bow or anything. This was adventure enough. And so I brought my 30 at six with me. Um, and so I shoot a Tika T3 30 at six, um, with, a just LePold VX1 scope, um, just great gun. Um, <laughs> I use it for everything. It's just fantastic. Um, not sponsored by him or anything, but I love the gun. So if you're looking for a great gun, Tika, um, anyway, uh, I think I was shooting, yeah, I was shooting Barnes 165 grain tip triple shocks, um, which I love those. They kill things very quickly. So um, for all you gun and ammo junkies, that's what I was using. Um, anyway, um, and so this bear creeps up. Um, it starts walking up, and uh, you know I get set up, and it felt a lot like turkey hunting in a way because I'm sitting there, I got a face veil on, I'm just slowly turning, and... Um, this bear crept up and got to the bait and gave me a nice broad side shot. And, you know, I looked at it and of course it was, it was a nice bear and, uh, pow, um, took a shot, double lunged it. Um, and you know, immediately heard the, it ran off just a little ways, heard the death moan and, um, got up and, uh, um, of course I'm just, I'm just stoked. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is what I wanted. I mean, this was incredible. And, so I, I walked up, and sure enough, there was. The bear went 20 yards, more or less just rolled down a hill, essentially. And so, of course, into some nice thick um, alders. But, um, and so, um, actually, they weren't alders. They were th their young aspen, that's what it was. Um, and so, anyway, um, there was. It was about a, uh, how much did it weigh? It was actually only a hundred and ninety pounds um, live weight. It was a sow. Um, when the age came back, it was seven. Yeah, no, seven years old. Yeah, it was a seven-year-old sow. Um, the head threw me off. It was a just big wedge-headed old sow. Um, very big bone. The reason she was so light, she didn't have really hardly any fat on her. Um, no cubs, obviously, um, just great bear, um, but she, yeah, she had a little bit of fat on her, but not much, she, you know, that, that's the thing, like, weights are a hard way to judge bears, um, because, I mean, like I said, this was a seven-year-old sow, um, you know, I've shot a five-year-old sow that was, uh, almost 250 pounds, so, I mean, there's, age and weight do not, um, they don't coincide at all. So anyway, um, this bear was awesome. Um, so, um, very, I was just very, very blessed to take this bear. Um, and so, and, um, anyway, I was just very, very grateful. I, you know, um, anyway, so, um, once you're, uh, in that situation, you go, oh man, <laughs> now the work begins, I'm in the middle of nowhere, um, I've got a 200 pound bear to pull out by myself, load up into a four-wheeler and get three miles out of here, so um, I gutted it out there, and uh, 
I got the four-wheeler as close as I could, drug it out there, loaded up on the four-wheeler, and uh, made pretty quick work of it, and did a nice little drive out. Um, got back to camp, and uh, skinned it that night. Um, of course, you know, go figure, the, the northern lights were blaring as I drove out with the the bear. It was just, it was awesome. I mean, it was the ultimate wilderness experience, so... Um, drove out, kept the heart for dinner that night, um, and, uh, drove out, skinned the bear that night, and then the next day spent all day butchering it, and, uh, which it was nice to get the bear that day, because the next day it monsoon rained, so, um, and then we went back, uh, cleaned up the bait site, packed everything up, and, uh, um, which by the way, also the bear, bait got hit again, shooting the bear didn't really bother it. So, um, there was, uh, good, <laughs> they basically cleaned out the bait. I couldn't believe it. So, um, shooting the bear there didn't really bother him. So, but, uh, anyway, cleaned up and had an awesome adventure. So went, left the next day so after we cleaned up everything. So, but uh, butchered most of the bear there, got it pretty much all squared away. The meat was fantastic. I don't know if you've ever had a bear that's been eating on blueberries like that, but oh man, so good. Um, it was like sweet. We uh made I made the back straps into steaks. I mean, it was like it was it was like you seasoned it with sugar. It was just incredible. So, but uh, yeah, eat that bear up is pretty quick actually. So fantastic meat um had the bear heart in canada um pan fried at the cabin it was awesome um it was just an incredible adventure so um i mean i really got what i was hoping for so um but yeah it was it was just as awesome as an adventure as you could probably have so but so yeah that's my do-it-yourself bear hunt in Ontario, um, you know, they, um, they, uh, don't really advertise it too much anymore, but I'll tell you what, if you, if you like to do things yourself, um, and try and don't really think you need a guide or something and you get the opportunity, go for it. They're really inexpensive. Um, you know, I basically just booked a fishing package, which is like 500 bucks at the time. Um, and which, you know, got you a cabin to stay in, which is nice because then you can shower and you can stay somewhat scent free and it doesn't have to, you don't have to be like, you know, it can be somewhat comfortable and, but still have a, I mean, I don't think staying in a cabin up there really takes away from the wilderness experience. I mean, it was insane, <laughs> you know, I mean, just even getting to and from the bait every day was like an adventure in and of this. I mean, it's basically like four. I mean, it's like even just four wheeling to the bait was an adventure. So I don't know, but if you're into that sort of thing, definitely I would highly recommend doing something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to go again this next spring. I'm hoping to, uh, I've got a outfitter that as long as their tags are the same, I'm going to do a, spring bear hunt in Ontario, so obviously we'll keep you posted on that, but, um, you'll hear all about that, so, but, um, anyway, that's about all I got for this, so, 
we'll wrap this up. Um, thanks for tuning in. See ya.